Hello and welcome to Wingcast, a podcast about all things Goldwing. I'm your host, Rick Arnaldo, president of Wingstuff.com and lifelong rider of the Honda Goldwing. In this podcast, we talk about the latest Goldwing news, speak with fellow riders and experts in the motorcycle industry, and discuss whatever else comes to mind. We'd love to have you join us. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wingcast. And today's guest um, is is pretty popular on YouTube. I've known him for many years. He's a, a real avid Goldwing motorcycle rider, among other things. And that's uh, Chris, also known as Cruise Man. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of our um, listeners might know of your YouTube channel, and some of them don't. So we invited you to the show today to uh, tell everybody a little bit about your YouTube channel, a little bit about you. So I guess uh, the best place to start is, um, you know, how did you how did you even get into motorcycles? That's probably a good place to start, right? How did you even get into riding motorcycles? We'll start there. Well, that, that goes back to when I was like 15 years old. And I guess for at least a year, I had been really pestering my mom about getting a mini bike. I just was really, I couldn't, I couldn't live without it. And she was just dead set against it. But uh, she finally relented. And one day we went over to the Honda dealer and I had my heart set on a Honda Trail 70. Uh-huh. And she, uh, sure enough, she bought me a Trail 70. I couldn't believe it. Wow. And it was the happiest day of my life. Mom actually bought it. Bought it and uh, got me a helmet. And all I could do was ride around the backyard. I didn't have a license, of course. Right, right. And uh, finally got her to let me ride up and down the alley. We had dirt alleys there in, in Midland. And right, right. eventually, you know, it led to going out in the country riding, tra- mostly trail riding. And that's kind of how I got into it. And then I, you know, moved up to a couple of different motorcycles from there. I guess when I was about, I didn't ride after I was about 18. I got, a, you know, 17, I got a car. So I was interested in you know, girls and cars and stuff. So I stopped riding. And then when I was about 21, I bought a Suzuki 550 GT 550 used from a guy. Uh-huh. So I don't know if you remember those old two stroke three cylinders. Yeah, they were fast, actually. They were pretty quick. Yeah. And, uh, I rode it around a little bit, did my first road trip on one of those uh-huh. and swore I'd never do another road trip after that. That uh, because <laughs> the wind and the heat and everything, sure. I proved myself wrong years later. Yeah, that's certainly not a gold wing, is it? No, it isn't, and especially without a windshield. And, and so, yeah, and your mom, your your mom actually got you the bike. With me, it was the opposite. My dad didn't care. My mom didn't want me to have the bike. <laughs> uh, okay, that same same kind of thing. See, yeah, I didn't I didn't have a dad at the time. My dad had died when I was young, so um, it's just my mom, and she, uh, you know, she wasn't going to have it. So, but uh, okay. she she finally gave in, and then uh, I didn't write. You know, when I sold my Suzuki, probably when I was twenty three, and I don't think I rode a motorcycle again until wow. I was in my fifties. Yeah, and, wow. uh, or maybe yeah, or right around fifty, I guess. Well, two thousand five. Sure. And I was playing golf every day. We bought a new house here in the Carrollton area, and there's a golf course right down the street. So I was playing golf, and then my hands started really hurting me. And I'd been watching a lot of motorcycle shows on TV, and I thought, you know what? I think I'm I'm ready to get back into it. Went and bought a Harley Sportster. Wow. And uh, rode that for a few months, and then, you know, it was obviously too small for me, even though it was the biggest bike I had ever ridden at that time. Because back when I was riding motorcycles, a 750 was the biggest motorcycle you could buy. I think Kawasaki might have just been coming out with a 900. Yeah. But, you know, a 750 was considered, you know, the CB750 was it. So you started riding, and then you gave it up for a lot of years, and then you got back to it. 
Yeah. So, so how old, uh, like, what part of your life were you at when you started getting back into motorcycles? Well, it was, it would have been 2006, well, no, 2005. So, uh, what is that, 17 years ago? Wow. 18, 18 years ago? Yeah. I got yeah. back into it and uh, have been riding ever since. I mean, I bought the uh, the Sportster. Sure. Then, uh, believe it or not, we actually took a road trip on it down to Austin. Mm. And it was just too small. And everybody in the Harley group is telling me, you need to get an Ultra or a Road King or something. They kind of made fun of me for riding a Sportster. Wow. So I was thinking about getting a touring bike. We even rented an Ultra. Mm-hmm. And rode it to West Texas, but the man, that thing just, you know, if I'm sure you've ridden there, the heat coming off that engine. Yeah, just, it'll get to you after a while. It was, it was incredible. And it was like 104 degrees outside when we were riding the Midland. Wow. So I was on eBay. I did a lot of stuff on eBay and uh, I was on eBay and I saw this gold wing, uh, come up for sale on eBay or come up for auction and just on a whim, I don't even know why now, why I did it because yeah. I was not even considering a gold wing. And I put a bid in and I thought I'm going to put a bid in that's so ridiculously low that there's no way I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. And, but if I do, you know, fine. Sure. Next, next day woke up. Sure enough, I'd won the bid. You <laughs> so, got the bid. Yeah, we got the bed, the 2005 anniversary edition, one of the yellow, the big, big yellow. Sure. sure. And uh, that was my first Goldwing. And I remember riding it home. It was, it was actually uh, for sale by a car dealership here in town. Somebody had traded it in on a Subaru. Yeah. And I I remember riding it home and thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't. This is so different. This is like sure. this. I didn't know a motorcycle could be, be that smooth. smooth. Yeah, right, right, right. Powerful and just, right. and I was afraid I was, it was going to be too big and hard to handle. And yeah. it was so easy to handle. And uh, that was it. You know, that was yeah. kind of where the love affair started, I guess you could say. You changed your life. Look at you now, right? I, yeah. You know, you just never know. Because uh, yeah. my background is so far away from what I do now. I mean, I was, I was a database developer, application programmer. You know, I was a computer guy. Computer yeah, yeah. And uh, now I'm, I, I don't know what I am now. I yeah, guess. Now, I- yeah. Now you're known as Cruzman. And of course, and there's a funny twist to this story because um, people know of you for, you know, doing reviews and putting accessories on and this and that. But that actually came from you doing reviews for cruise line ships is that correct right that's right and i think a lot of people think the name cruise man is referring to cruising on a motorcycle yeah it's, it's actually it it was a name that was given to me by the harley group i was kind of the i was the group photographer and everybody has a handle you know in a harley group and and even in the goldwing world and they just named me cruise man because i was we were always on a cruise ship somewhere yeah. And uh, we we still have a website where we review cruise ships and uh, all over the world, been on 139 different cruises. Wow. And it just that's that's where the name comes from. And you're right. I was reviewing cruise ships, uh, writing reviews uh-huh. uh, and started doing some videos of cruise ship reviews. Sure. And so a lot, a lot of that kind of translated and helped me, you know, in this area of motorcycles, which, cause we got into the cruise business mm-hmm. because it's something we enjoy doing. It's something we love. So I'm not going to work at something that I don't enjoy. Sure. And, uh, sure. So the same with motorcycles, it's a passion. Right. Just like travel is kind of a passion of mine. So that's how it, how it got started. And so then you started, you started doing, reviews for cruises and and so you started that before you did anything for motorcycles correct that's true uh, i had developed back in say the late 90s uh, a piece of software actually it was a website for travel agents and it was specifically for cruise travel agents and this was back before there was uh you know, Squarespace or Wix or any of these template-based websites. Yeah. And I had basically created a template-based website tool for travel agents. 
and where they could come in, put in a credit card, and you know, within ten minutes, literally, they had a website with all the cruise content on it and everything. And it was it was revolutionary at the time. Wow! And it just exploded, you know. And that's where it kind of that's where that part got. But I got into that because of technology. I was developing an application. Yeah. And so I think, you know, doing the videos on whether it's accessory installations or whether it's how to take apart panels on the gold wing or work on anything. My, I have a lot of background in training and showing people how to do things. And, and I, especially people that aren't technically oriented. Yeah. Because when you're dealing with software and you're doing tech support, you're usually dealing with people that, you know, you say press any key on the keyboard Right. And they're literally looking for a key with the word A N Y on it, you know. Sure, sure. And so <laughs> that kind of helped, I think, get me grounded into what it takes to help people that aren't maybe mechanically inclined, which I'm not a mechanic by trade. Right. You know. So I when I do these things, I'm doing it as pretty much a novice. It's not like that's, I'm professionally trained. Yeah, that's your whole claim to fame, isn't it? I mean, you know, from, from the beginning, when I started watching your videos, it was all about, um, you know, I'm a regular guy. I have regular tools like anyone would in my garage. And I'm going to show you that with a little bit of uh, attention to detail, you can put stuff on your motorcycle just like me. And I think that's what people exactly. like about your channel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's... If there's a secret sauce, I think that's it. I mean, I yeah. always try to come across as, you know, if I can do this, you can do it. And I, I turn it around and look at it the other way. If that 19-year-old kid down at the Honda dealer could do it, I know damn good, well, I can do it. Sure. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it. this is not rocket science. It's not like you're yeah. working on a Boeing 737. I mean, this is a... You know, it's a motorcycle. And you know, years ago, people were afraid to do things. But nowadays, I think you'll agree with this. Instructions yeah. are so much better. You have YouTube assisting you in many cases. Exactly. Um, you know, so by you doing that, it's a very interesting thing for people because you take the fear away. Um, people have that confidence when they watch you do it. And, and you basically go through the instructions with them on your videos, which I think is great, you know. That's, that's right. And hopefully, you know, like today, I just did a, an installation video. I haven't put it out yet. It's on a show Chrome product. It's just that little stupid fender extension. You know, it's nothing great, nothing elaborate. Yeah. But there's some little tricks you can, any, no matter what you're installing, uh, after you've worked on the bike for a while, you learn these little tricks. Sure. And you can help maybe pass that along. And maybe it makes keeps somebody from not necessarily screwing anything up because you can't really screw much up other you I mean I guess you could break a tab or something yeah but you uh you might save them some time and some frustration sure. if they know right up front what tools they need or what chemicals they need or uh you know a lot of times manufacturers don't take the time to put that in the instructions yeah. Uh, just because they uh, even they assume people know certain things that they may or may not know. Yeah. So I always try to take the 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 tack that m the people watching my videos really don't know anything. They're just kind of starting out. Sure. That yeah, and that builds more value in it because the instructions tell you how to do it, but it doesn't tell you those little things in between. Right. So people rely on you for that. I I, I think it's great information. Um, you know, I know you put a lot of work into making your videos. Um, can you share a little bit about what that might look like? You know, what is the process when you actually do uh, an installation video? People see it from home. They might think it's easy, but I know it takes a lot to, to make videos. Yeah, it does. I mean, the way I do it, for example, uh, I did the little, like I said, just that little fender extension video today. And I think I probably spent two hours for a job that really only takes maybe 15 minutes to do. Sure. <laughs> you know, sure. you uh, there's lighting that has to be considered, um, especially on a Goldwing or it'd be the same on a car. 
Sure. You're dealing with a lot of black surfaces with black fasteners, and it's hard to see these things sometimes. So right. you've got black on black on black with a black screwdriver, and, and you've got to get the light just right, or hopefully get right. it just right, so that people can kind of see what you're doing. Uh, so a lot of times I'll shoot like me just putting a screw into a threaded, you know, uh, nut. Right. And I might I might reshoot that four or five times just because maybe it's out of focus or maybe yeah, right. it jumps out of focus or the light's not right. Uh, so that's part of that process of getting enough footage. And then you go into editing and the editing on a, it'll probably end up being a nine minute video by sure. the time it's said and done eight or nine minutes. You, you kind of have this YouTube thing where you try to get a video to be at least eight minutes long right? because of the ad revenue. And, it, you know, we have to have ad revenue to support the channel, right. but uh, occasionally I'll put out a video that's five or six minutes long, but you know, usually they are eight to 10 minutes if it's a simple installation. Yeah. Do you so find any, do you find any of like when you when you're doing these videos, is there any challenging parts? What's the most challenging part when you're doing a video? The, well, for me, uh, it's just the environment. I mean, I I do not have an air conditioned garage. Mm. So in the summertime, like this morning, it was probably 80% humidity. It's time for an air conditioner, Chris. <laughs> I know, I know. I've been I've been toying with that. But really, honestly, uh, that's my biggest challenge is dealing with the uh, environment. The, I usually have to do everything early in the morning when it's cool. Sometimes it's dark outside. Yeah, right. Uh, and even then, we get mosquitoes, and I'll get mosquitoes flying in front of the camera, and I <laughs> have to deal with that. Uh, as far as the work itself, yeah. there there have been a few projects that were a little challenging, especially if they deal with products that come from China, maybe, and they, they have really bad instructions. Mm -hmm. And they, a lot of times, as a YouTuber, you're constantly inundated with these companies that want to send you their products to review. Sure. And... Um, Quite frankly, I, I, I turn more of them down than I accept because they're just, you know, I'm just not in the business of making, you know, free videos so that they can sell Chinese stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, I it's, it's, yeah, all this, it's all this Amazon stuff. And we try to really, I really try to pare that down it, yeah. as much as I can. Have you had any anything really ridiculous come your way? Like somebody wanted you to you know do a review or install something that you just thought was like pretty cool. Oh, I get oh yeah, I get it all the time. I get oh. I get companies wanting to send me stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. It's like LED lighting for your house or it's right. outdoor LED lighting, a lot of LED lighting. Yeah. I, I don't know how many companies are manufacturing tire inflators, but I'll bet I've had at least 50 companies try to get me to review their tire inflator, your little portable things that you can stick in a saddlebag or something. Oh, yeah, they're all over. Yeah. And I had a company one time actually pay me to make a video mm -hmm. uh, for a tire inflator product. It was on a Kickstarter program. And they sent it to me, and I went out, and I was testing it. I plugged it in. I aired the tire up about halfway, and then it started smoking. <laughs> started smoking. <laughs> I, had to, I had to tell them, I said, I don't think you want me to put out this review. Wow. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I'll just refund your money. And, sure. and they said, yeah, just throw it away, and we'll send you one when we come out with a fix. Well, they never well, so, you know, you, you get weird stuff all the time. I'm trying to really cut back on that, though. I, I, sure. I, they don't get lots of views anyway. They're not real popular videos. Yeah. Uh, my motor vlogs do better. Yeah, <laughs> you know? of course. I, of course. I do. I mean, I do some videos here in the studio. Like last night, I did a new crown and comments. I have that monthly show I do. Uh, and I'll talk on a variety of topics, usually take people's comments that they put on my YouTube videos and I'll respond to those 
in that video. And those those videos seem to do pretty well. Um, anything to do with maintenance or install installing accessories that people are interested in sure. uh, seem to do very well. And of course, recently I had the motorcycle accident. Yeah. Tell those, us tell, tell us a little bit about that. You told me a little bit about what happened, but you know, Chris had a, a, a an accident recently with his gold wing and uh Chris, tell us tell us what happened with that. Well, the short the short story is I was on my way to see my brother in West Texas to visit him, and I pulled I did something I never do. I was gonna get some gas in Big Spring, Texas, mm -hmm. and which is only about 45 miles from Midland. And I pulled off I didn't pull off. I was actually on an overpass getting ready to go to a truck stop, which is on the other side of the intersection. And I pulled up behind a semi. Yeah. And I was probably 20 feet behind him. There was uh, another lane of traffic on my left going by the same direction. So it's hard, it's hard to get over far enough to the left for him to see me in his rearview mirror because otherwise somebody could hit me from behind Mm -hmm. As they're coming up, you know, on my sure. left side. Yeah. Um, and to my horror and surprise, he just starts backing up. He put it in reverse and just starts coming back. And he didn't even see you. He never saw me. Oof. And uh, he felt me before he saw me. <laughs> and uh, I mean, when the when that bar, that little safety bar hit my front tire and exploded the front tire and broke That's the front wheel. And the bike tipped a little bit to one side, and it kind of – I was about to get off anyway, but I think it kind of right. ejected yeah. me off to one side. This was, this was an 18-wheeler, right? It's an 18-wheeler, 50-ton. Oh. Yeah, 50-ton semi. And the fact that he didn't see you – and he didn't have a camera on the back. Or he no was. camera. No, didn't yeah. get a look before he did it. And uh, I ended up on my right side on the ground, and all I can see are those wheels coming toward me. Man. And I'm thinking, I got, you know, I just had to roll out of the way. I said, I got to get off. And, of course, there was a little sidewalk there. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty scary. You're uh, not even safe at an intersection like that. I mean, the, the truck didn't even see you, and he starts backing up. Can you imagine? I Listen, I... I have a whole different respect now for being behind a semi. I, I don't yeah. I don't trust them. And I was very lucky, but because I had a witness, there was a guy coming by in a pickup truck and he saw the whole thing. He had actually pulled up next to this semi driver and was and he saw him backing up and he was waving at him to let him know I was back there and yeah. honking his horn and everything. And the guy never paid attention. He had headphones on. He was listening to music or something. Well, I'm glad you're going to be okay. I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah, I think I am. How about your bike? Is your bike back to normal now? It is now. I just picked yeah. it up about a little over a week ago. In fact, I think I talked to you on the phone when I was out in Midland. Yeah, the bike, and right. it. Uh, I rode it back to Dallas. I don't feel any major issues. There were some small things. The dealership. I don't think the dealership out there is used to working on gold wings. So there were some little yeah. things they they kind of, you know, little trim pieces that weren't put back on correctly. Uh, but I was able to fix those. Uh, sure. Insurance, you know, pretty much covered everything. And uh, I still am dealing with the trucking company's insurance on some stuff, but that's another story. But so yeah. bike, bike is running fine. Yeah. Uh, I... You know, right now I feel pretty confident that it's there was no serious damage to the frame or anything like that. I think they they replaced the front fork, they replaced the front wheel, both discs. You you put special meaning into my most favorite uh, thing. I I always tell people I say make believe everybody's trying to hit you. Exactly. That yeah. Trying to get them in a mindset to be proactive, be defensive, make believe right. everybody out there is trying to hit you instead of being lazy and not paying attention. But in your situation, there was nothing you could have done, you know, except get off that bike real fast. Did you start beeping the horn? Oh, yeah. But that, you know, I and I thought afterward, I thought there's no way he can hear me. He's 50 sure. feet away. But, yeah, I did. I leaned on the horn and and I'm trying to get the bike into reverse 
But you know, you, you got to have it in neutral and then you got to have the brake on. Oh, you didn't have time and for that. Yeah. And you're looking at the truck coming at you and you're thinking, I'm not going to get this done in time. Plus, there's cars coming up behind me stopping. So I would have just been sandwiched. <laughs> That's like a freak accident, though. You would think the truck would have a camera on the back. Of all things, why wouldn't a truck have a camera? You know, I mean, you'd think that'd be a requirement as cheap, I mean, as, as, cheap as cameras are now. I mean, it could, have been, you know, it could have been one of my kids or something in their car. It could have been a small little Volkswagen or a small little car, right? Absolutely. And they can't, it's hard to get out. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm thinking like a little MG or something. It would have been, right. I think you can see the Goldwing more than some of the small little cars. So, well, and you can jump off of a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a little car, you're just kind of, you're stuck in it <laughs> unless you can get the door open and get out. I'm glad you're okay. But that just goes to show people you know, you just got to watch out and you yeah. you can't take for granted that people see you. Um, I always used to joke about safety lighting. People put lighting on their bikes because they love the way it looks. But at the same time, it does keep you safer. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. You know, uh, loud horns, um, lighting. Those are all my favorite things to put on a Goldwing, you know. Um, so I'm just glad you're going to be OK. That's the main thing. Um, you know, speaking, speaking of that, you know, um, and we're talking about safety stuff, what is your go-to, uh, uh, stuff to wear? You know, what do you, what is your, like your favorite helmet, your, your jacket? What, what do you like to wear when you're riding your motorcycle? Well, as far as a, a jacket goes, first of all, I, I never get on a motorcycle without a helmet, without sure. a jacket, I agree. without leather gloves, <clears throat> without boots. Yep. Uh, and I wear some uh, undergarment armor under my jeans, uh, bone armor. Mm -hmm. And then my jacket I have had for several years. It's an Olympia, and I wish they were still in business because I really liked their products. I remember them, yeah. Yeah, and they're they're now, they didn't survive. I guess the COVID thing got them. I'm not sure. Yeah, they didn't make it. And I have a pair of Icon boots that I've just sure. recently discovered. I've always struggled finding boots I like, but these icons seem to do a pretty nice job. Uh, and then uh, as far as the helmet, right now I'm, I've always, I'd say always, for the last seven or eight years, I've been wearing uh, HJC helmets. Yeah. Uh, but I started wearing uh, this Senna uh, Impulse modular helmet that has the communicator built in yeah right yep and uh it's it seems to be pretty you know pretty good it's it's a little bit lighter than the hjc the communicator works good the speakers are good uh yeah. it, it's relatively comfortable i've tried some other helmets like nolan's and they just don't seem to fit me very well yeah so that's pretty much my standard as far as gear yeah, it's nothing okay. fancy. You know, I don't have a fancy showy helmet or sure. or a I used to wear an Arai helmet, which I really liked. Sure. Uh, but they don't make a modular. If they made a modular, I might go back to an Arai. Yeah, I agree with you. I like modular helmets as well. And and my my favorite helmet has always been an Arai. I like Arais, but like you said, they don't make a modular. So I find myself wearing a bunch of different brand helmets as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then I I I go back and forth between Cardo and Senna as far as communicators. Of course, the Senna helmet has it built in. Yeah, but I I can't seem to get one of these companies to put the one feature that I want in a communicator is, what? is I want a micro SD card so you can re easily record a group ride, so that anything that comes through that helmet speaker microphone it records it. They do it with their their action camera. Senna does it sure, with their camera, sure. but nobody's doing that with the audio communicator and the the hoops that you have to jump through. To, as you know, I'm sure you've done it. Yeah, many yeah. Times. Recording a group ride can be quite a challenge. Yeah, and I and I know you've done some of these uh, reviews. What is your uh, what is your favorite headset? That's a good question for you as far as a Bluetooth headset. You know, I go back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, I jump back and forth from the Cardo Pack Talk Bold to the uh, to the Senna 50S, 
And I, I, I think they both have advantages. The Cardo has the advantage of being waterproof yeah. or rated as waterproof, but I've never had a Senna fail because it got water damage. So I don't know that that's a huge issue. Sure. Not as much an issue as some people I think make from it. Um, I love the open mesh technology that Senna has. Yep. I mean, do you, are you using that or? Yeah, I'm you? using the, the, the 50 as well. The 50. Yeah. Yep. So that, that, uh, open mesh, I think is a game changer. I mean, yep. in fact, I was just riding with someone the other day and within three, three minutes we were hooked up. Yeah. I, mean, I think you had Chris Caliente out there recently. Yeah. I was just riding uh, recently with Chris Caliente and he says hi to you, by the way. Okay. Well, he knows <laughs> same thing. And, of course. You know, few, just two or three, maybe three years ago, I was on a group ride with him and some other guys here in Dallas. He was out here. Yeah. And I'll bet we spent the better part of 30 or 45 minutes just trying to get everybody's headset. Yeah. in a group so that we could, I mean, it was just a, a real pain. If we had had open mesh back then, yeah. it would have been a snap. So well, that's what we did. We we were running open mesh between him and I, and we, we were having no problems communicating. It was crystal clear. Yeah. And, and, and I go back and forth too, between Senna and Cardo as well. So I'm kind of just like you, but, um, but, but that particular day we did some recording, you know, the 50 C does the recording um, and it has, uh, you know, good, good mesh, uh, technology. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a great headset and so is Cardo, like you said. So, you yeah, know. I, I, uh, I pretty much like the way the center pairs up to, I use a GPS, I use a Garmin GPS Yeah. and I pair it on the second channel so that, you know, I can have my navigation come through and I have the gold wing on the first channel. Yes. And uh, it, it just seems to work uh, maybe a little more reliably uh, yeah. than Cardo sometimes. I, I, yeah. I have had some issues with the Cardo. Yeah. But, you we know. Were talking, we were talking that day about it and we ended up right where we're at right here. You know, he, he likes them both. So, you know, yeah. we can't decide which one, but we had we had a good time that day. You know, I was thinking of one other thing, too. You know, your channel has really evolved over the years. Um, if somebody was starting a YouTube channel or, or wanted to get into vlogging in general, um, what advice would you give someone? Because, you know, where you started way back when and where you are today, um, what kind of advice would you would you want to give somebody if they wanted to start something like that? Well, I think it depends on what they're expecting out of it. Yeah. Uh, if they're if they're expecting to make money, uh, be prepared. It's going to take some time. Sure. If they're if they're expecting to do it because sort of like riding a motorcycle, uh, vlogging or YouTube or video editing becomes a passion in and of itself. Yeah. So I have a, a friend that was over here just a week ago, uh, Robert White, and he has a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. He maybe has a thousand subscribers. It's a new channel. Yeah. It's mostly photography, but he also is doing some Goldwing content and vlogging. Mm -hmm. And I think he just loves doing it. I think he enjoys vlogging. He enjoy. It's like a journal. You know, it's 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 more like making a video journal. And that's, I think, part of what I look at it as as well. Yeah. Now it's become a business. But when I started out, it was not a business. It was just yeah. something I was doing for my own enthusiasm. Yeah. 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 So if somebody came to me and said, how do I have a YouTube channel where, you know, we can go full time and make enough money out of YouTube, <laughs> I'd well, say you're probably not going to happen, at least not in the motorcycle segment. If you're, if you're an attractive, uh, 19 to 25 year old girl. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's where the money is. Sure. And, sure. Uh, Cause that's what people want to watch. That's what I want to watch. <laughs> sure. No, nobody <laughs> wants to look at me. <laughs> That's why I do good with a helmet on. I get much better views with yeah. my helmet on than I do without it. So but you have so much to say and share with everybody, Chris. Well, yeah, so, but it's still better done behind a helmet. And <laughs> I, 
I always, I joke on the cruise side of things where I do a cruise video, I always tell people that cruise lines lie to you because they, they put out these brochures and they show these beautiful people sitting there eating dinner. Uh-huh. But when you go on the ship in real life, there's a lot of ugly people on the they ship. Don't look like, they look like me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look like these guys in the brochure. So uh, uh, it's kind of the same thing with YouTube, you know. So, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of girls that have really nice U- motorcycle YouTube channels. They do a really good job. I mean, excellent. They do excellent video work and they're uh, and they're attractive young ladies and they're and they're smart and they are good riders. And and it's fun to watch them. So sure. if you're in that segment, you might actually make money on YouTube. But uh, the yeah. rest, of, the rest of us, I think we do it. I know you probably do this too. You, we do it to support our other business interests. Sure, it's a it's a tool for us to reach people uh, that we may not otherwise reach. It's like an advertising medium for the other things we do. So yeah. I would call it a vehicle. It's a vehicle, isn't it's it? It's a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. This is how we communicate to our audience. And, and I agree with you. If somebody wanted to start something, it could be just for passion. It could be just for enthusiasm. As a matter of fact, um, uh, when I was spending some time with Chris Caliente, that's how he started. He just started doing it just because he enjoyed it. And then one thing led to another, and he started doing more and more. And, and I think, you know, um, I think it just depends on what people want to do and, and what they're after and what their goal is, you know. Um, so, you know, you know, it's funny when I started wing stuff, I did it more out of passion than I did as a business. You know, I was trying to help people. They sure. were, you couldn't find gold wing accessories. It was hard to find. So I decided I'm going to try to help people and look at me today, just like look at you today. I mean, right. you know, but, uh, not that I didn't want to do it as a, uh, as a career or do it for a lifetime. But in the beginning, I, I wasn't planning it that way. I did it to help. Exactly. And it just evolved into something a lot bigger than that. And, uh, and, and the same, I think, would apply if somebody asked you, what, how would I start a Goldwing accessory business? I mean, <laughs> you no. can't, it's, it's something that can be learned, but it can't be taught. No. And and there's no one uh, reason. It's it, it's a recipe. You know, people will ask you, you know, how do you become successful? How can I start a business? How can I start a YouTube channel? How can I start anything? Well, you know, it takes time. And the first thing that I would tell people is you have to love what you're doing because you're right. going to work hard at it. Let's face it, no matter what you're doing, if you're going to be successful, whatever that is, you're going to want to put effort into it. And that's right. There's nothing like putting effort into something that you love to do, you know. Well, and there's also the, you know, I I try to do this with my videos. You and you do it with your business because I can tell you've put a lot of effort and energy and money into your website, for example. Yes. Uh, and a lot of a lot of companies out there that sell accessories don't. Yeah. You know, their their websites are hard to navigate. They're clunky. Sure. And uh, I mean, they you can still buy parts from them, but it's just not as pleasurable an experience. And you don't have to have a nice website to have an accessory business, but you want your website to be nice. You want the experience to be good. Sure. It's just like if you had a retail store, it wouldn't be a messy retail store. It'd be a nice retail store. That's right. And so, you know, with, with YouTube, uh, or any video I do, I always try to do the editing and the lighting and the production. And I'm always trying to make it a little better. Sure. You know, as opposed to just throwing up something that's, uh, you know, just garbage. Because there's a lot of garbage on YouTube. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of junky videos. And you have a lot of pride in what you do. So, you know, and it shows, right? So, I and I like that, you know. That's why you're... I think your channel's so interesting and, and, you know, I I've seen it grow over the years. So, you know, congratulations for that. And I can tell that you like doing what you do because it's a lot of work. And if you didn't love what you're doing, I don't think you would still be doing it. And so that's, that's exactly right. And, and that's why I'm backing off on some of the, like I said, these, these Chinese knockoff products, because I don't really love doing that. You know, I don't really enjoy it. It's just like, I feel obligated to do it and I shouldn't. And, yeah, and I know you're doing more collaboration lately, and some of those products may be products that you don't want to promote. Maybe you don't believe in it. Maybe you feel right. as though 
and 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 it could even be a knockoff of an original brand that that's here. Absolutely. And Absolutely. that happens. And and even for us, I mean, we won't sell anything except uh original authentic brands because um we both know that the quality is not the same. You might think it is, it is not. Right. Way. And uh, even the threads, you know, we ended up getting a, a luggage rack back. It was about a year or so ago, and I'm going to make an example out of this. And uh, somebody was trying to return it with a note in the box, which is not how we do it. We get a return authorization and we look up your order and we do it the right way. But it happened to be um, a rack that wasn't even bought from us. It was a copy of a, another brand rack. It was a it was a copy rack. A knockoff, yeah, just it was a, knock a knockoff rack, and and I looked at it. the The chrome was terrible. Um, the shape and design was the same as the original, but the chrome was terrible. The threads were terrible. I would never buy it. Never right. in fifteen years would I buy something like that. But uh, yeah, I I had this I had this discussion uh, with Mark at Show Chrome when I was up there recently. Yeah, and uh, you know I I. I told him, I said, I've got some, I've got an office full of boxes right now. And I've sort of obligated more, more or less yeah. to, you know, do some videos for these guys. And I said, I've already told them that that's, it, that's it for me. I'm not doing any more after I'm done with these two or three products. Yeah. Uh, it's over because I know for a fact that a couple of them, a couple of the products are just ripoffs. I mean, they're, and I, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, I don't want to recommend something yeah. to my viewers that I wouldn't put on my bike. Yeah. It's a sad situation that some of these uh, name brands that we're selling are getting copied um, by, by counterfeiters and, and the quality is not even close. So it not only dilutes the brand itself, the real brand, but why would you even buy something like that? So I admire you for and thank you for taking a stand like that, because a lot of that stuff that's out there being circulated, it's terrible quality and you don't want to put it on your motorcycle. Right. And that's why we want to we want to preserve the companies that are spending the time developing good products for your bike that are putting out a good quality product for your bike. And that's all we want to sell and I'm glad that you know you're supporting that as well because we don't want the market to get um, infiltrated with junk copy stuff that isn't even the original brand, you know. Yeah, so. this this isn't just. I don't think this is just motorcycles. I think this is every industry right oh, now. Yeah, thanks to Amazon. <laughs> yeah, you hear stories about people buying lotion and, yeah. and they get a rash yeah. on their skin because. Yeah. It's not the original lotion. It's some, right. you know, counterfeit lotion in the bottle. Now that's even scarier. Exactly. Yeah. You know, especially if you're putting it on your body. Exactly. Or in or eating it like a virus. Or eating it. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just it's it's just insane. So yeah. Uh, and some of these things, you know, like I've got three power supply. You know, uh, what do you call them? Little portable power supply things sitting here. Mm -hmm. Three different companies have sent them to me. You know, what if that thing catches on fire? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know who this company is. I've never heard of the name of this company. That's right. right. So, and then, you know, so you have to always wonder, you know, what's the safety like? Because, and they can, they might print UL listed or, or whatever the other certifications are, you know, and. You have China, no idea. China can they can print anything they want on there. They don't you have care. no idea if you leave that thing plugged in, it shut off. You the next morning it burns your house down. You you have no idea. Yeah, exactly. So and, and, and you have no idea if you're putting stuff on your bike, especially um, if you get like risers for your handlebars. Exactly. What break. What is yeah? What's the metallurgy like? What is yeah. the metal inside? Is it porous? Is it strong? That's right. a scary thing, folks, that we're trying to tell you right now is be very careful. Um, yeah, I, had, I actually hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah, especially with handlebar related yeah. things. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we sell handlebar risers from reputable companies, and you could be assured if it goes on your bike, it's going to protect you and keep you safe. Right. I would never bolt on handlebar risers from one of those knockoff companies. Right, you know, exactly. Yeah. So um, it's like it's like a knockoff tire. You know, that's yeah, yeah. If I, if I never heard of the brand, I'm not putting it on my bike. 
Yeah, I, I, I pretty much stick with Bridgestone or Dunlop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not Acme brand. No, type, you know. no, I mean, there's there's a couple of brands out there I've heard of that some people say good things about. And I'm just I'm not that familiar with the name. So I just shy away from it. It's not that much money. You know, it's, it's not like you're. And if it was that much money, I really wouldn't trust it. If it was a twenty five dollar tire, I'm damn sure I'm not going to put it on my bike. Well, we just want to bring this to, to, to the forefront for people out there, because uh, both Chris and myself have seen a lot of this knockoff stuff out there. And it's besides terrible quality, you get into safety concerns as well. And um, I I am really, really nervous when I hear about, you know, things like that being sold, you know, handlebar risers or um you know even even things for your tire or, or even some even valve stems things like that you know always try to buy quality brake, brake pads brake pads exactly. Yeah. exactly you know i mean i it's not worth it it's just there's not some, worth it brake pads out there that if you put them on your wing you probably wouldn't get more than a few thousand miles out of them and maybe they have an application for your gold wing but don't put them on and you can guarantee that we would never have them on our website. And hopefully they don't fail. Yeah, that's another thing. That's so, true. you know, they could break or they could, you know, there's a lot of pressure on a brake pad. You know, Even brake rotors, right? Like we get, you know, like EBC is a reputable company, but you might find Brand X and we're going to call it Brand X. It's no name. And you're going to buy a, a replacement brake rotor for your goal wing because it's half price. Well, right. it's half price for a reason. Yep. I would never... I mean, do you want that brake rotor to crack in half when you're when you're when you're braking coming to a stop? I mean, exactly the things you got to pay attention to. Right. I'm glad we we touched on that subject and and um and and thank you for supporting that and trying to keep people safe out there and making those decisions. And uh, we make the same kind of decisions with our company. We won't sell anything that's sub quality like that. And especially if it's a safety item, but even if it's not, you know, we just stay away. Right. From it. So I congratulate you on that. And, you know, we want um, all all the viewers out there. We want you guys to pay attention to this stuff. You know, don't don't buy anything that you think is a knockoff item uh, for the reasons that we're giving you the quality guaranteed. That's a guarantee. The quality is not even close. Right. To the original brand. And um, it does scare me that there's some, you know, rotors and brake pads out there and things like that, that um, are safety concerns. Um, so please, we want to keep you guys safe out there. And uh, sure. Chris will do that in his way uh, by not promoting the wrong things. And and we do the same thing with our website. You'd never find anything on wing stuff if uh, it was something that we didn't believe in or it wasn't up to our, our quality standards. Because we're here to do a service just like Chris is there to do a service to you. We're all doing that for you guys. We're trying to educate you. We're trying to keep you safe. Um, you know, yeah. if we're selling something, you could rest assured that it's it's good. It's, it's exactly. Good. You know? And I usually, you know, no matter what I, if, if it's a product for a motorcycle, I'll usually tell people right up front or at the end of the video, whether or not I am using it on my bike. Right. You know, I may review something, sure, but I'll let them know. Hey, I'm not using it on my bike, and here's yeah. you know here's why. Here's the one I use, so they can take that however they want to. But usually, if it's something for, I'll give you one example. Uh, well, the Sin Impulse helmet. I, I got some helmets in the other day. In fact, I've got one sitting around here somewhere mm -hmm. that's in the closet. I got a couple of helmets in a company sent me and they're, they're like $30 helmets. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I reviewed them and I guess if you're out on an ATV and you don't have, I guess it's better than wearing nothing, which is what I said in the video. Right. You know, not wearing anything. Yeah. You fall down, you hit a rock. It might keep your head from getting scratched, but I don't wear that on my gold wing right. as a daily product i don't expect it to i don't expect it to have the same quality or protection sure. as a two or three hundred dollar four hundred dollar uh showy or six hundred dollar showy or whatever you know it, it, sometimes it's, it gets ridiculous some of this stuff is so cheap i know uh, now if it's an oil drain pan 
Yeah, if you can That's get one different. for ten bucks, yeah, right. you throw it away if it fails. Well, why do you want to chase to the bottom for a helmet? And that happens a lot. Exactly. But do you, exactly. you sell cheap helmets? I mean, how much are you worth, right? I exactly. Mean, yeah. I mean, of all the parts you could put on, yeah. You know, your head is probably one of the most important things you could protect. You know, many years ago, we had a, a big poster in the uh, in the dealership, and it said, "If you have a ten dollar head." wear a $10 helmet. And that saying has, has a lot of credibility, you know? Yeah, yeah, it does. And so nowadays there's a lot of good helmets, but buy folks, come on, buy a good helmet, buy a decent helmet. If you want, if you don't want to spend a lot of money, you can still buy a decent quality helmet without spending very much money at all. So, and, and probably plan on replacing it every five years. Yeah, it's another good thing. You know, too. because I think that the plastic probably deteriorates over time, uh, especially yeah. if you ride out in the sun a lot, like I do. Yeah. Uh, you know, it. it yeah. Or if, if you drop it. You yeah, plastic. Yeah, plastic. Yeah, plastic. You know, plastic or fiberglass every five or six years should be replaced because they will dry out. They will get brittle, and they're not going to offer the same you know safety uh, that they offered before. So. People don't think of that. So you're right about that. You you, yeah. you folks out there should be um, thinking about that. Don't have a helmet for 10 plus years. You know, you need to change them every five or six years. Just like, you know, you might look at your tires on your car or especially on a truck or a motorhome. I have a motorhome and a lot of times I don't, I don't drive it a lot, but guess what? Every five or six years, I got to change those tires because yeah. I have plenty of thread, but it, it might blow up. My, my, yeah, yeah. My my rubber is dried out, and that happened to me. By the way, wow. I was driving. I, I went dirt bike riding with my kids, and I took them out to the desert. And we were riding home, and it was at night. And I heard this explosion. It sounded like a bomb dropped. I mean, it was a it was like an explosion, and it was basically one of my tires that just blew up. And wow. I was lucky; it was a rear tire, so I was able to keep it on the road. But. Um, Plenty of thread. I looked at all the other tires. Everything looked great. It was the age of the tire. Yeah. It was the age. That tire is probably pushing seven years, maybe eight years old, and I didn't realize it. So right. I'm very proactive now with my tires. I always have been, but on the motorhome, I just didn't notice because the tires looked like they were brand new. So right. even on a motorcycle or a car, yeah. if they're old, they're just as dangerous as if they were bald with no tread. You know. Well, and on a motorcycle, you only got two of them. That's true. If one of them goes, bad things can happen. So that's very true. That's I mean, I see guys riding on tires that look like. I mean, I, I, I never put more than uh, ten thousand miles, maybe eleven at the most, on a set of tires. Yeah. Just because I don't want to risk it. No, you're right. It's just not why, worth it. Why would you wait until the tire is bald? Some people do that. So, you know, folks, don't be one of those people. <laughs> you know, the only thing between you and the asphalt is your tire. So yeah. um, I think most people are safety-oriented on motorcycles, especially going riders. Yeah. Um, and and most of the time they have somebody on the back, you know, either their wife exactly. or girlfriend. Yeah. So, I mean, if there was one thing in the world um, as far as safety for a motorcycle, I would say tires, you know, check your air pressure, check your tires. And on the Goldwing, the rear tire is kind of a pain to see because you got to yeah. reach up and look underneath. So um, I would encourage people to do that more than you're doing now. <laughs> so, well, I know you're the host, but I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. And this is probably going to strike right at Chris Caliente. What's your view on dark siding? Oh boy, are you hitting me with a hard question? Um, <laughs> you're gonna, you know, you're gonna upset you got, the people out there. You're gonna drag me into that. Um, well, all right, I'm just gonna tell you my own opinion. Okay, I I prefer motorcycle tires. I'm not a big fan of a of a tire that um, is supposed to be on a car. I uh, know you can put it on a motorcycle, so I don't want anybody mad at me, all you dark side <laughs> people out there. Don't get mad at me. Um, okay. I'm, just, I'm just giving you my feelings on it. I prefer to ride on a motorcycle tire. That's me. Um, and there's all kind of, kind of this controversy out there. We won't get that all in here. 
and 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 Chris is probably laughing inside right now because this has been going on for so many years on the internet on forums. It just takes one guy to throw a post in there about a car tire, and that's it. This post is going to go for a year. And it's either that or what oil do I use in my bike? Yeah, that or oh, yeah. Oh no! Oh no! Um, so what is your take on it now? You you dragged me into that. I, I, you know, I pretty much have your same yep. position. I I prefer to ride on a motorcycle tire. Right. Uh, I'm not saying it's unsafe because I don't know. I've never done it. Uh, I know a lot of people do it. They I seem know. to love it. Yep. A lot I of understand. Them. I understand the appeal of it. Yeah. Um, but it's just not my thing, you know, so. Uh, I I understand that there's a big cost savings. You know, it's a lot less expensive to run a car tire, but to me, the, the cost of a motorcycle tire is not that much anyway. Uh, if I was putting a hundred thousand miles a year on a motorcycle, that might be different, but I'm not. So it just um, I'm I'm kind of take your position. Uh, I, I have heard a couple of people that have had some horror stories. Yeah, but uh, most most people that do it seem to be happy with it, and I think I, it's kind of like this. You know, if that's what you want to do, I don't have a problem with it. Sure. You know, it's not my it's not me. It's not my bike. So yeah. if it's your bike, and you want to run a car tire, go right ahead. Yeah, and liability wise, I I wouldn't recommend it anyway. Of course, because I'm I'm in business, but um, right. My own opinion, I I I recommend a motorcycle tire for it, but I I will not engage, and I'm not going to get into, you know, the the pros, the cons. I mean, that's been going on for years. But uh, sure. why do you ask me that? I was waiting for you to ask me about what oil I use or the the the, the tire thing. But oh, you uh, never go, you're never going to go wrong using Honda oil. That's right. That is true. Yeah, and so exactly. when people when people ask me, and I've used other oils, but I've when people ask me, I just say, "Hey, just right. use Honda." Yeah, and then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I've been using their oil for years anyway, so that is the truth. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. And they have good oil. They have they very do. good oil. Very yeah. good. Well, that's funny. Well, you know what? I think we'll 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 wrap up now, Chris. I, I yeah. really enjoyed having you on the program, and we'll Thank invite you. you back down the road. Cool. Uh, you know, I, I I think there's a lot of people out there that uh, that enjoy your channel, and Chris proves to people, um, especially with all the stuff we sell, a lot of the stuff that we sell, you can put it on yourself. It's not as hard as you think. That's and right. So Chris will give you a little more confidence with that. So I would uh, tell you to go check out his YouTube channel, Cruise Man, uh, Cruise Man's Garage, rather. That's the exact name of it. And we're going to have all that stuff. Um, in the detail area of this podcast and, and video. So we'll give you all the links and you can go check out uh, Chris's channel. And uh, yeah, you get some interesting stuff you do, Chris. I know a lot of people like watching you and maybe there's a lot of people that never heard of you and they're watching this podcast and go check out his YouTube channel. Um, Chris is always coming up with some kind of video that's gonna um, you know, keep us going. Maybe it's something we never heard of. Maybe it's um, how to put something on. You've been all over the place. You've done so many different videos. And, you know, I think you're doing a great job, Chris. And I can tell you how to good time doing it. So appreciate so, it. So with that, and hope to do it again. There you go. So with that said, um, we'll invite Chris back at a later date. And uh, in the meantime, just uh, telling everybody to be safe out there. Check your tires like we told you, especially your rear tire and your air pressure. Yes. And, uh, we'll see you on the uh, on the next episode of Wingcast. So take care, everybody. Okay. Thanks. Ride safe. Thanks Appreciate for joining it. us, Chris. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Bye-bye now. Well, I think it's about that time that we check in with Uncle Frank and see what's going on with him right now. So I'm going to just give him a call and see what he's up to. Hello. Hey, Uncle Frank, how are you? All right, how are you? I'm all right. We're, we're, we're checking in with you. We're doing a radio show. We're doing a week podcast, and we're checking in with Uncle Frank, you know? Okay, it's good. I'm glad you're digging on me anyway. 
Yeah, so you're watching TV? Yeah, I'm watching a ball game. Bad. Basketball. I'm sure a lot comes to you. Uh, I'm watching the basketball now, anyway. All right. Did you eat lunch yet? I just had uh, just had half a sandwich or so. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't eat much in the, in, during the day, anyway. What kind of sandwich did you have, Uncle Frank? I don't even know what I had. I forgot. Hey. <laughs> Hey! It was uh, one of the burritos or something. Oh, all right. You went spam. Burrito. Half a burrito. Okay. All right. All right. So you, you know what that is, right? Yes, of course. I love I love burritos. I love you know. All right. Spanish food, of course. <laughs> so who are you talking with today? Well, you know, we're just having we had you know a, a nice podcast, and we like to check in with you, and everybody wants to know how you're doing. So it sounds like you're doing good today. Yeah, yeah I'm doing good. Okay, 90, you know, I'm in my 94 year, you know. Well, you're going to be 94. You're 94. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that year now. I just yeah. ended 92. I was yeah. 93. I'm in 93. I already passed 93. You know, last time I talked to you, you were we were talking about how great your meatballs were, and I was telling everybody that you add more breadcrumbs to your meatballs. Isn't that true? I had what? Your meatballs. What's the secret to your meatballs? You had the best Italian meatballs. Oh, it's the regular way that they usually make them. I just put an extra stuff inside, that's all. Okay, but what did you do? You put extra breadcrumbs, I remember. Yeah, and a little more salt, you know. I, I, I put everything different inside. Some people don't put salt and pepper and all that stuff in it, you know. And I put the guy. I have the 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 I fry the the oil. I fry the oil first, garlic, and put it together. And that's how I make it with the gravy after too. You know, that's how I mix everything up. Now, did you use real bread? Because uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I use. Real bread. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, just I just I just wet it and soak it. That's all. With what, water? Or yeah, what? of course. Okay, and then you mix it with the hamburger? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what I do. And then, all right, a little bit of spices and herbs or what? Yeah, yeah. that's all I put in there. I don't need more, more than that. That's plenty. All right. We're trying to get the secret. The secret. Well, you got to put the, the garlic, the pepper, and the red pepper and all stuff like that if you want. A little bit of red pepper so it makes it a little hot. But I don't put much inside, just a little. Okay, see, these are little things that you got to mention. Though. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I haven't made it in a long time now. Yeah. I don't go nowhere. I'm in the house, that's why. You know, last, um, no, not the last time, but a, a couple of years ago, you made me Brussels sprouts, and they were they were really good. Oh, they, yeah, I made yeah, Brussels sprouts, yeah. Yeah, you, you put them in the olive oil. Uh, yeah, I know, fried them and everything. They were good. Yeah, very That's nice. better for you, because you like them. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else ate them. I don't remember if Georgie ate them or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, some other people ate them, but, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed them. That that was really good. You yeah. Did a good job on those. Anyway, all right, I'll go, Frank. I'll, we'll, we'll let you go, but, you know, we wanted to check in, say hi, you know. Okay. Anything else going on? Nothing else? No, nothing. I'm just watching television and all the sports on, basketball. All right. All the big teams are playing today, so. Yeah, and you're in. And now um, they still got, they got next week, by Sunday, I think they have all the the teams playing for the title. All the schools, okay. all the colleges. Okay, good. And that's about, that's what I like to watch. Next, next week will be the whole... There'll be all the teams already playing. There's 64 teams they pick. Oh, there you go. So that's 36 games they played, right? Oh, wow. That'll keep you busy. That's what 64 games they play. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I like to see that. Good for you. Because all the colleges are, are in, the, in this. Yeah, well, you've always liked to watch that. Already. Yeah, the colleges are, well, of course, they're a little faster than the, the older guys. Yeah, the other league, they're kind of older, and they're always 35 or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But these kids are young, they're 19, 20 years old. Yeah. They can run. 
Yeah, I enjoy watching that, too, myself, actually. Yeah, all right. Okay. All right, well, we'll let you go, Uncle Frank. Give everybody your, hey! Hey, guys, take care. No, you, uh, uh, that's not good enough, Uncle Frank. you got to give him a, hey! Hey! All right, there you go. That's what they like to hear. That's the Uncle Frank we know. Okay. All right, Uncle Frank, take care. I'll call you later, okay? Okay, love you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Thanks for listening to Wingcast. This has been a Wingstuff.com production. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Got a question or comment for me? Send an email to wingcast at wingstuff.com, and it could be featured on a future episode. You can also visit wingstuff.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date on the newest podcast episodes, products, videos, Goldwing news, sales, and more. Until next time... I'm Rick Arnaldo. Ride safe.